0: ESPN Radio.
1: Are the Lakers the biggest disappointment in the NBA? This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Carlin. We're hanging out with you until 7 p.m. Eastern. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin, at AmberW790, or join the conversation on the Cantee Collin in line 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We are asking you, are the seventy sixers still a true contender in the Eastern Conference. But we turn our attention to the Western Conference right now, Chris Carlin, because the Lakers lost again last night. 128-110 to to the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) Nobody cares. LeBron wasn't out there last night. Anthony Davis obviously wasn't out there last night. He's never out there. But are we at a point with the Lakers where they are the most disappointing story in the NBA? There's no question.
2: There's no question. It's a tie in some people's minds between the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, but it's not a tie because you can look at the Brooklyn Nets right now and understand uh, what they are capable of doing and where their season has gone. It's a massive disappointment to me to see the Nets get assembled as a super team with James Harden and Kyrie Irving with Durant. I think that will be the, the biggest Um, implosion of a super team, the biggest plan that never came together uh, like they would have expected to. But we're talking about one year. LeBron, the GM, is the one that went out and got Russell Westbrook and believed that that was going to come together. LeBron, the GM, is the one that wanted to play with Anthony Davis despite knowing what all of the pitfalls were with Anthony Davis and his health. And the Lakers at the beginning of the season were the second favorite in the league to win the championship at three and a half to one. And now they they're out of the playoffs. Like think about how hard out of the play in, think about how hard that is to do. <laughs> like you have to be a really bad team to not be in the play in uh, for either conference. It's, they just extended this to to really add more drama to it, Amber, and the Lakers can't even find their way into that right now at the moment. I don't know how there would be a bigger disappointment, especially if they don't make the play-in.
1: Yeah, Chris mentioned it there. They're sitting at 11th right now in the conference at 31 and 44. They are tied with the Spurs who are sitting at 10th. I don't mean to chuckle when I say that, but it's so ludicrous because we're also talking about it happening when LeBron has been doing what LeBron has been doing this season, where he is putting up 40, 50, 30 every night out there, where he is Le- in the running. the competitor not
2: the problem. <laughs>
1: Right. LeBron, the competitor, is absolutely not the problem. LeBron, 37 years old, a little bit of a problem. I mean, we are seeing these injuries add up with LeBron James in a way that they never, ever used to when he was Teflon earlier in his career. That's to be expected, though, at 37 years old, when you have to go out there and put up 50 every night for your team to even win games. So I'm not blaming LeBron at all for that. We know that man spends a million dollars a year on his body. He keeps himself in incredible condition. This is not a James Harden situation, but being 37 is being 37, and he needs more help out there there to ease the pain quite literally that he's experiencing Anthony Davis was brought in by LeBron in part of course Uh, LeBron the GM as you just mentioned who I think has been quite the failure frankly although hey they did get one championship so there's that but otherwise these moves from LeBron haven't looked good and even the AD move AD was brought in to help LeBron age gracefully and A.D. hasn't been able to stay on the court to help LeBron James age gracefully. You can't age gracefully if you don't have somebody to help you do that, and that's what A.D. was supposed to transition to the number one on that team. He has to be on the court in order to take over as the number one on that team. He just can't stay on the court, and frankly, they should have known Chris Carlin because Anthony Davis has always had these problems. Yeah,
2: and I put that on LeBron for assembling this group. In a similar way that I put it on KD for assembling the group that he did and not really acknowledging that there are always some uh, some pitfalls that are going to come, some drama, certainly, that's going to come with Kyrie Irving. And with James Harden, you just you simply don't know. Now, the Lakers are at this position. Think about the fact that they have gone from being the second team or the second favorite in the NBA, Amber, to what are we all talking about right now? Well, they should just shut LeBron down. They should just shut him down for the rest of the year. That's how bad it's gotten. I never would have expected it to get this bad, even when it was very clear early this year that Russell Westbrook was going to be an absolute nightmare. Um, And I found this particularly interesting from Jay Williams this morning. Because we all understand how much heat Westbrook has gotten this season. But on KJM, Jay said he doesn't think he deserves all the smoke. Have you ever been part of a losing culture? It sucks. Every
0: day you're having meetings. Every day somebody's pointing the finger. And then when you lose games and you have to be the person at the podium saying, hey, what are the answers? I don't have the damn answers. What the hell do we have a coaching staff for? And I'm not making excuses for Russell Westbrook because I wouldn't point the fingers. I wouldn't say, well, I, I'm already a champion in life because I know that people want me to answer about basketball. And I, I know that it's going to be hard for people to like to compartmentalize what's happening with the Lakers right now. But I also look at LeBron James. I look at Rob Russell Westbrook is to a degree a poor man's version of LeBron. We need to stop putting all the onus, like, hey, Russell, every day it's your fart, because right now it's part of the Russell Westbrook reality TV show that LA we become infatuated with because it's drama. It's a car
2: crash every day.
1: A poor man's version of LeBron. That is a very poor man's version of LeBron. That's a broke
2: man's version uh, of, right,
1: LeBron. of LeBron. I, you know, Russ did put up 25 points last night. He hasn't been as bad these last few weeks. He was getting a ton of heat. And in part because his game did not age well. He fell off in a way we're not used to NBA players falling off. But that's also his game. It was based on his athleticism. It wasn't going to age well anyways. He has been contributing, though. It's not like he hasn't been out there doing anything these last few weeks. Russell Westbrook didn't put this team together. LeBron James put this team together. He deserves the heat because of that. At, at the same time, though, the real problem to me has been Anthony Davis. All of this entire conversation, Carlin, is so different if Anthony Davis is out there and available. What do the
2: Lakers look like right now if Anthony Davis is out there and available?
1: If he's healthy, yeah, they they look a lot better than outside these playoffs.
2: No, I I agree with that. You know, I mean, listen, how we, we, where where would you have them stacked up in the West if let, let's take Russell Westbrook aside for a moment? Mm-hmm. If We were looking at them in the West with a healthy Anthony Davis all season. Where would you have them pegged?
1: All season? If both those players, if LeBron is healthy, which again, I mean, he's had his injury woes as well. But if LeBron and AD are both healthy, oh, I'll put them top three in the West.
2: Yeah. And I would as well. But this is the problem. This is always who Anthony Davis has been. Like. Yep. We, can, we can throw that hypothetical out there, and that is the hypothetical that sucks in the imagination of other players and GMs like LeBron, because you know what the guy is capable of, but then sometimes you ignore what the problems are that come with him, thinking that magically your formula is going to fix that. Here's... And that, that's just, it's incredibly
1: naive right and here here's the problem too with having given LeBron, the control of all of the magic formula is that now LeBron has so much control, but in the end, it's not going to come on LeBron. It's going to come on the shoulders of the Lakers because LeBron, he's got a year left on his deal. After this one, he's going to be looking for an extension and it's going to be up to him. Of course, whether he signs it or not, the Lakers are going to have to do something this offseason And they're in a very difficult position in terms of moving contracts and they're strapped for cash, but all of it's going to be dependent on whether LeBron's even going to sign up for a future with the Los Angeles, Lakers and so it'll be really interesting here moving forward we'll get into this more throughout the show the future of the Los Angeles Lakers but coming up next we'll discuss another team in LA how dangerous can this Clippers team be if Kawhi returns to the playoffs this is ESPN Radio
0: ESPN Radio
1: this is ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin at Amber W790. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit progressive.com. We were talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, but there is, Chris, another team. In Los Angeles as well. They are trying to make the NBA postseason. They're doing a little bit better of a job of it than the Lakers are doing, but they have also been suffering their own injury woes. And that, of course, is the Los Angeles Clippers. They got a win last night in Paul George's return to the team 121 115 over the Utah Jazz. Paul George put up 34 points in his return, uh, two rebounds and six assists. And Kawhi Leonard could be making a comeback. This is where it gets really interesting, Chris Carlin, because he had surgery on that partially torn ACL back in July, and rumors have been swirling about a potential return of the all-world superstar. We're hoping to get on... Um, young Masuk, uh, ESPN's NBA reporter at some point here in the show to help us unpack whether a Kawhi Leonard return is actually viable, but let's assume for a moment that the Clippers are healthy and that you could get Kawhi back. I don't know what Kawhi going to look like. We haven't seen him play basketball in a really long time, but we know what he used to look like. Would the Clippers actually be a contender then in the West to you? I can't,
2: I, I can't, I can't not, not when it's an entire year. I can't. And look, it's awesome to see Paul George do what he did last night. Very cool. Felt good for him. Three months, the guy looked no worse for the wear. I don't know. I mean, are we are we talking about Paul George, Leonard, Norman Powell, all good, ready to go? Like, is that, what does that all look like? To me, That's that's very, very tricky. So let's get that insight right now from the aforementioned Om young Masook, ESPN NBA reporter, the notorious or notorious OHM on Twitter. I don't want to send anybody to the notorious OHM uh, on Twitter. Om, it's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson. What's up, bud? How you doing?
3: What up, Carlin? What up, Amber? How you guys doing?
2: We're doing outstanding, Omi. And I, I guess this is the first question, right? You see what Paul George did last night. I'm wondering how Kawhi Leonard feels. You reported last week that, you know, the door is still open if they got past the play-in round. Does last night put a little fuel in Kawhi's tank?
3: (laughs) Uh, It's really hard to know what Kawhi is thinking because Kawhi doesn't talk. Um, That's why I asked um, the question. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say this. um, Kawhi Leonard is incredibly competitive, I'm sure that after rehabbing as hard as he has and working as diligently as he, he has, to see Paul George do what he did last night has to give him a little more fuel. Not saying that he is going to come back because of it, but uh, all, everything I've heard about him is that he looks great. Um, he is fit. Um, but we have to always keep in mind, that he tore his ACL back on June 14th. So he is not even close to a year out from that yet. And this is a power player we're talking about. This is not a guy who is a catch-and-shoot player who's just going to sit in the corner there. This is a guy that everything he does is methodical and meticulous and requires strength and explosion, even his jumpers. Um, he plays hard. So for him, he's and he's always taken his health uh, very carefully. We know that uh, that's his track record and the Clippers are, are the same way. But the reason why the door is left open is, you know, Ty Lue said this the other day, if medical clears these guys at any point, while he would like to see them play in the regular season, a couple games in before they play in the playoffs, if they're cleared in the playoffs, they're cleared in the playoffs, they'll they'll come back. And so if Paul George is feeling great in the playoffs and and he's playing well and Norman Powell, who within the next seven to 10 days, I'm told, could return to practice. And if he's playing well in the playoffs and let's say the Clippers get a good matchup, maybe, you know, I don't know. They get the seventh seed and they play Memphis, which as good as Memphis has been is inexperienced come playoff time. Um, I don't know. Kawhi Leonard is feeling good. Clippers steal one on the road. Who knows? You know, that's another, maybe we got another, that could be mid April still a little early to me. Um, But I think, you know, Kawhi Leonard has been working out really hard and I'm sure he got a little juice in his tank after watching what Paul did last night.
1: It would be pretty remarkable if he was to make a comeback here for this postseason. But let's just talk about this team then in regards to who we know is going to be on it out there playing as we head into the postseason here. Paul George looked great, putting up 34 in his return, so he seems to be doing just fine. You mentioned that Powell is likely to come back. If that's it, if Kawhi cannot get back out there, what are the expectations for this Clippers team? Do you think they have a shot?
3: With Paul George, with Norman Powell, uh, they certainly, uh, I think, could, could create they, – they're a team that probably if you're a higher seed, you'd rather probably face another lower seed than them because they, they're dangerous. Um, with Ty Lue uh, being as good of a coach as he is, and look, this season, the Clippers, without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, have had the most comebacks of 24 points or, or more down uh, come back to win. In the last 25 years, basically. So, and they did it again last night to the Utah Jazz with Paul George. So, you know that Ty Lue is, is, is incredible at kind of getting the most out of guys. Um, the fact that the Clippers are even in the play in speaks to how good Ty Lue has been because they haven't had Kawhi Leonard for a minute. And Paul George just came back for the first time since December 22nd. And they only had Norm Powell for three games. So, I think if they get in, um, if they get out of the play in and let's say they face a Memphis or Well, you know, Phoenix is tough because with Chris Paul healthy, that's going to be a really tough matchup for them. But if they somehow get to seven and they face Memphis, uh, that could be kind of an intriguing matchup and one that I think they could make some noise just because of how good Paul George could be if he's
2: healthy. Om Yom Yusuk, who, of course, covers the NBA for ESPN, Uh, joining Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Um, Om Lakers, we were discussing it a moment ago. In your estimation, are the Lakers the biggest disappointment in the league this season?
3: No, they've, they've got to be. Um, I am still in shock and stunned that they are out of the play-in right now. Um, I know I've seen how bad they've been now for, like, the last couple months, but to me, I just still can't believe it because, granted, LeBron James did not play last night and there's been no Anthony Davis but I literally said this about a week and a half ago um, to some of my colleagues when I was with the Lakers for a week in Minnesota, and then we went down to D.C. to watch them. And I said, as long as LeBron James is on this team, I just don't see any shot that they missed the plan, that they're not one of the top ten teams in the West. And now we're looking at it, and we're staring at the chance that, you know, LeBron might, probably is not going to play, I think, tomorrow night. I mean, there's a chance, but not looking good. And so we don't know what his health is going to be down the stretch. And forget about even LeBron. I mean, this team just doesn't look like they want to play. They they look like they're just taking their – they look like the want-to is not there, the desire is not there. Um, they don't play any defense. They just – I, I, I hate to say it, it doesn't even look like they care right now. And so that, to me, is really, really disturbing. And they are by far the biggest disappointment in the NBA.
1: Oh, I'm finally here on the way out. Is there any chance – that we see Anthony Davis again this season? In your opinion, do you think that we're going to watch him out there in the postseason? If they make it, if they oh, make yeah. the postseason.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a good chance Anthony Davis is back uh, soon. And uh, and then that, that to me, is the last hope for the Lakers. That, you know, and, and, and it's sad to say this, but I think maybe they're looking at it like, okay, Anthony Davis can come back and give us a big boost Unless it's Anthony Davis, who we saw in the bubble at the end there in the NBA Finals, kind of really just putting him, putting that team on his back and playing like a top five player that he can be, I, I just it's hard to imagine that because he's been out for so long that he can just come back and just do that, um, especially with kind of just how discombobulated the rest of the Lakers have been. So, um, but I think that's their last gasp hope: is that Anthony Davis will come back, you know, with uh, with his shield and sword in hand on the white horse being the night that could have perhaps save their season and get them into the play-in. But it's weird. You know, here in L.A., it kind of feels like Laker fans almost want the season to just end, just to put them out of their misery. That's how bad it's been here in Los Angeles.
1: If I'm LeBron, I think I might want it to end, too. Just pour myself some wine, enjoy my backyard in Los Angeles and take the summer off. Ohm Young Masuk, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, we transition to the NFL. Roger Goodell says Deshaun Watson could face disciplinary actions, but the commissioner's exempt list seems unlikely. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin.
0: ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson.
3: I am totally fine with putting this guy on board as your quarterback i will root for this quarterback because i can separate the moral from the football player
1: deshaun watson may be disciplined but it doesn't seem like he's going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list amber wilson and chris carlin here on espn radio roger goodell spoke at the NFL owners meeting in Palm Beach, Florida. He of course was asked about Deshaun Watson because who isn't asked these days, Chris Carlin, about the Deshaun Watson situation. That ain't going away anytime soon, but we actually got to hear Roger Goodell at a microphone addressing what may happen here in the future with Deshaun Watson in terms of the NFL. Here was the commissioner of the national football league.
0: I think we were very clear over the last year that, um, the, the civil cases were in play over the last year also. Uh, the only thing that's changed is the criminal element um, it has been at least resolved. Um, and, and that was an important element in the context of the commissioner exempt that we've discussed with our Players Association. So that was an important, if, if the criminal had proceeded, that would more likely have triggered a commissioner exempt. I think at this point, a civil case in and of itself would not do that. If there's a violation, of the personal conduct policy that may trigger something, but it, that would more likely trigger some kind of sus- discipline in some fashion.
1: I love how he starts to say suspension and then very clearly stops himself and says discipline <laughs> in some fashion, because he doesn't want to go down that road just yet. The exemplist, if you don't know uh, is a special player status that's available to clubs only in really unusual circumstances, The list includes players who have been declared by the commissioner to be temporarily exempt from counting within the active roster limit. So that player wouldn't count against your 53, but it can only be a status that the commissioner himself institutes. Only the commissioner has the authority to place a player on the exempt list. So when the commissioner himself is saying that he's probably not putting this player on the exempt list, that player ain't going on the exempt list, Chris Carlin.
2: Right. The one thing to remember, is that he's not the one who determines anymore though if a violation of the personal code of conduct happened that now is on an arbitrator remember he used to be judge jury and executioner so to speak on all things and that changed the last time around uh, a couple of about a year and a half ago in their um, discussions in in the new cba so now it's an arbitrator who determines if the code has been broken, and then the commissioner determines if he goes on the exempt list. Now, having said all of that, is there any part of your being at the moment that believes that Deshaun Watson is not going to be suspended? I don't think he's going on the list either, but I absolutely believe he's going to be suspended for a minimum of four, if not six games, and I think six is light at
1: this point. To be clear, when you're put on the list, it's not always a bad thing because you're typically paid. It's like paid leave. It's essentially what Deshaun Watson got last season from the Texans without officially – Right. And without officially being on that list, it's more about it helping the team like you just suggested. It helps your team because they can have another player in your place to that team. And there would be no reason to put him on that list right now, because like the commissioner said, it would be different if he was facing criminal charges. And then you put him on the list until we find out whether he's convicted or not. That's not the case here. We're talking about civil cases. Those can go on forever and ever and ever. So that's the problem with putting a player on the commissioner's exempt list. But And we've had these conversations, by the way, in the past. When A.B. was on the with was on the Patriots, he was accused in civil court of sexual assault. There was allegations like that out there against Antonio Brown. There was a conversation about whether the commissioner was going to put him on the exempt list. The answer is no when it's civil, because also in part because of how long civil claims take. And that just isn't the business the NFL has typically gone into here. So now that we're past the criminal portion of this, seemingly so, anyway ways that could arise again if, if more women filed uh, criminal complaints against them. But it seems like we're past that portion of things. It'll remain civil. So the NFL can move on with their investigation we're going to get some sort of disciplinary action because I find it very hard to believe the NFL is not going to find a violation of its personal conduct policy. And if that's the case, we're going to get some sort of suspension. I would imagine, listen, it's six games under the CBA in this sort of thing uh, with these sorts of allegations in terms of a minimum suspension. I think, Chris, would probably get a little bit more than that because of a lengthened season. It's a longer season than when we had this conversation with Big Ben. And then the sheer number of accusers I I would imagine maybe something like more like eight games. That's just a guess off the top of my head. Look,
2: I I hope so. And when it's this many accusers, it's hard to ignore. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. But having said that, there was one thing the other day that really struck me about what Deshaun Watson was saying that I I just do not believe, and that is that he's not going to settle. He, he's not going to settle any of 22 cases, as you just pointed out, that can go on for years.
1: And cost millions of dollars exactly. in attorney's fees, because that is what he would be paying if he took all of these cases all the way to trial. It's pretty unfathomable. It's unfathomable just also because of the way that the legal system works. A huge, overwhelming majority of people always settle civil cases because they're so time consuming. They're so expensive. It's not normally good business to take it all the way to trial. Most likely, yes, he's going to settle, but he would not tell us whether he's going to settle right now. That would hurt his negotiating power in terms of settling. This is what we of always do. I'm a lawyer. You know this. I practice civil law. This is what we do, Chris. Garland you say you're not going to settle both sides they say they're not going to settle the the reality is both sides are probably going to settle at least for most of those okay but as a as a lawyer would you have advised him in that
2: case to actually say I'm not settling at all or would you have advised him to just not even address that.
1: Listen, I'm not in the business right now of complimenting Deshaun Watson, but I will compliment him in this one regard. He was coached very well for that press conference. His answer to me as a lawyer was spot on. He could not have delivered that answer that I think was prepared by a lawyer better where he said, it is not my intention to settle these cases. Mm -hmm. I intend to clear my name. My intention to settle these cases not the same thing as I ain't settling these cases. It's just as I sit here today, Chris Carlin, it's not my intention. Like
2: the Seahawks don't the, intend course. to try it away.
1: DK uh, they intend to
2: sign D- DK Mecca. Mm, Look, it's-
1: that's, uh, they, they Do they intend to give him an extension or not? You know what? We'll talk about that later in the show as well. But coming up next, how does Deshaun Watson's deal with the Browns impact Lamar Jackson's negotiations? We'll get into that after a word from Indeed. If April is showering your company with open positions, then check out Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with your quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all on the Indeed dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com credit.
0: ESPN Radio.
1: Tiger Woods, y'all, is he back? Tiger Woods played 18, all 18, an 18-hole practice round at Augusta National as we are just about a week away from the Masters, of course, Chris Carlin. So the, the timing of this, very interesting. He is on the list of expected participants For the Masters, I think we're only about 14 months removed from that terrible car wreck he got in that he thought that he was never going to even be able to walk again at one point afterwards. And now we're talking about him not just playing golf again. But playing golf on the most notorious golf course in the entire country, in the most notorious tournament in the entire country, potentially. He was out there with his son, Charlie, his 12-year-old son. That kid has a life, Chris Carlin, goodness. But here's Michael Collins, ESPN's golf analyst, on what that practice round actually means.
0: The Tiger Masters watch really ramped up late last week when a since-deleted video of Tiger playing at Medalist showed up online. Like I said, it has been deleted. But what made that video a little bit different for Tiger playing his home course was that Tiger was, one, walking, and two, his full-time caddy Joe LaCava, was there caddying for him. Now, why that's a big deal is this. Tiger talked about at the father-son that him, his big thing was stamina. And walking the Masters is just one of the toughest walks out there. So the fact that Tiger was at Augusta today, he did play all 18 holes with Charlie and with Justin Thomas. They walked that golf course, and now for Tiger, it's all about not only how he feels after those 18 holes, but if he can, if he thinks he can do it for four straight days and, you know, getting some practice rounds in as well. So Tiger being on that list to play, that's a good sign for everyone in golf.
1: It's insane to me that Tiger could be playing in the Masters this soon. It it is
2: to me as well. What I'm really curious about is is exactly what Michael was talking about there, just because um, Augusta is from, and I haven't been there, but from all accounts, an exceptionally hilly course. And, like, that's going to take a lot out of you, walking those 18 holes. And I do think... Like that's gonna be the biggest concern. Can he actually do that? let alone for four? Can he actually do it in back to back days to try to make the cut? I think it'd be exceptionally difficult for him to make the cut. And Amber, I gotta tell you, if Tiger makes the cuts, like that's among his top five accomplishment in uh, accomplishments in his career to do that. In his first tournament back at Augusta?
1: That'd be nuts. It would be the best story of an unbelievably storied career for Tiger Woods. Him being able to come back from that car wreck that soon where we thought that he would maybe never even walk again to playing in the Masters, it would be unreal.
2: Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. My Browns finally care about winning. That's all we've been about for 20
3: years.
1: Well, I don't think any of us can argue the Browns apparently don't care about winning because goodness, you don't pay a man $230 million to go out there and lose. And that is exactly what they paid Deshaun Watson. Now they handed him that contract and an incredibly controversial time, Chris Carlin, because we know about all the allegations against Deshaun Watson and Watson is not the first guy in the NFL who has been accused of things. He's certainly not the first guy in the NFL who's dealt with legal troubles. We know that there are guys playing the game who have been convicted of heinous things and they're still out there playing, but he is the first guy who's ever been paid $230 million in the history of the NFL. He's the first guy ever to have that kind of money guaranteed And he's the first guy I remember getting any huge lucrative contract in the midst of the allegations and the legal troubles. That's what makes it so stark to me is that he got paid like that during this time, not in a few years when we've all when the news cycle has moved on and we've all kind of forgotten about it. And those cases have been resolved. And so because of that, I think that now enters the room of all NFL negotiations moving forward at that position. Lamar Jackson, his deal's about to be up. This is the last season on his deal. The fact that the Ravens haven't reached an extension with him is remarkable. Lamar Jackson represents himself. If I'm Lamar Jackson, Chris Garland, I'm walking into that front office and I'm saying, this dude over here who just got 230 guaranteed has 22 pending civil actions against him. You know who doesn't? Me. Me what are you going to pay me now? I feel like that that actually enters this conversation when we're talking about these top quarterbacks looking for a new deal.
2: There's no doubt. And you know what else Lamar Jackson has done that you, you haven't seen Deshaun Watson do? He's won an MVP. I mean, he's, you know, been that guy. And there were a lot of people who were owners in the league who were giving Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam some side-eye this week at the owners' meetings. Not because it was Deshaun Watson they paid, but because of what they paid him and what it now means to the market. I mean, they took the market and absolutely blew it out of the water, and they did it, what, a day after Matthew Stafford, who just won a Super Bowl, uh, got his contract? I, I'm, I can't get over the fact that that happened to begin with. But secondly... I look at Lamar Jackson and he's worth it to me. I know a lot of people feel like they don't know the answer. And you know, if he's going to get hurt, if he's going to put himself in bad situations to take bad hits, you worry about all those kinds of things. I, I I wouldn't. That's somebody that I feel really good about for where he is in his career. And he has shown time and time again, that he can make the throws and for his to his credit he put out a tweet earlier today for for anybody that thinks that like he's thinking about not re-signing with the ravens to go and sign somewhere else and he said i love my ravens i don't know who else uh who the heck is putting out the false narrative that i'm having thoughts about leaving stop trying to read my mind and he doesn't have an agent as you pointed out this seems to be on his timeline on when he wants to try to get this done because the Ravens keep saying we're going to pay him when he is ready to get paid. So, look, if I'm the Ravens, I I absolutely want to get this done sooner rather than later because I don't want to see the next guy that's going to blow a quarterback out of the water with what just happened. And for Lamar, I mean, it's turned out to be brilliant that he has waited to sign an extension. Can you imagine if he had signed an extension a couple of weeks before
1: that and you see $230 million guaranteed for that dude? Yeah, but at this point, what are we waiting for? But I absolutely agree with you. I used to be critical of the fact that Lamar doesn't have an agent I don't think most guys in the NFL should have agents I think most guys in the NFL because things are so structured under the CPA particularly when you're coming in as a rookie but even beyond that a lot of the times the market where is where the market is and there's only so much you can negotiate and so why are you giving somebody two or three percent of your salary when you could just pay a lawyer something hourly to review the contract so you fully understand it so typically I'm a proponent of that with Lamar though I had been somewhat critical because I feel like that's the exception is when you're that caliber of player and you're talking about that much money and you're talking about no trade classes and these things that you could actually get done in your position that maybe they're an agent actually would be useful but even with me being critical I have to give Lamar credit because his patience here which I have thought was misfounded his patience here has actually helped him dramatically because nobody saw that Watson deal coming and that resets the entire market for Lamar now that being said don't wait until you're playing football again to sign an extension like go ahead and get this done or don't get back out there. That would be my advice to Lamar Jackson. But again, the timing of this Watson deal with all of these allegations, with the $230 guaranteed, and then like you said, Watson has not won an MVP. Jackson has. Steve Bashotti, he is, of course, the owner of the Ravens, and he's fully well aware, as I'm sure all owners are around the league, of this Deshaun Watson guaranteed money here with Steve Bishotti at the owners' meetings
2: guaranteed the whole contract i don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract um to me that's something that that is groundbreaking and it'll make negotiations harder with others but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play that game Woo! he's right should he have been the first guy to get that deal no Absolutely not. There's no way that you do that. And that's just how desperate the Cleveland Browns are. And I don't blame Bishotti not just for being annoyed because of now what lies ahead in this negotiation. Well, that's pretty big. But maybe at the same time, when you are going to hand that guy that kind of contract, maybe you want him to be somebody that you can... Honestly, truly trust in every way possible. you yeah, well, and
1: don't forget we hadn't seen we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play football in over a year, so there's that component of it as well in the discussion. Is this I on- think.
2: Do you I, think this is on the Ravens for not forcing the issue on Lamar? Because from all accounts, it's it's been Lamar who's been hesitant.
1: Right, it's been Lamar. I think the Ravens have been trying and trying, and it's been Lamar. So, I mean, listen, you can't make him sign. You can't force him to sign an extension. So far, this has worked out in Lamar's favor. I think where Bashadi is wrong there is that we don't necessarily have to do the same is essentially what he said, and I think you're about to have to do the same. I think you're about to have to guarantee all of Lamar Jackson's money because all of this guaranteed money flying around in the NFL seems like the new game to me out here although by the way lamar stop tweeting out that you wouldn't go anywhere else it's not good negotiation tactic what are you doing buddy? such a lawyer coming up next what's your biggest area of concern for the 76ers that's next this is espn radio
0: espn radio
1: i'm a lawyer you know this